You burst through the door, you find a small room filled with golden jewels and a red dragon. He starts to breathe. Save or die! Welcome to the Save or Die podcast. A podcast about classic Dungeons and Dragons. If it's in a box, we'll talk about it. Welcome everyone to the Save or Die podcast, adventure number 31. I am your host, DM Vince, who's sexy like a stalker strawberry, along with DM Glenn. Oh yeah! Who's Hi. Macho Man this week, apparently. The Tower of Power! Yep. Sitting along with us is DM Mike, as usual. Yo. DM Julie, sitting in the background quietly. Yeah, I'm stunned. <laughs> And this time, coming across the sea via cup and string is Crispy. <laughs> no, I want large fries. A glass and a large orange drink. <laughs> large orange, yeah. I'm glad you said and string. <laughs> <laughs> coming live from his bathroom is DM. Oh, never mind. So anyway, uh, guys, we get, let's talk a little bit about the contest we have posted up now. Okay, go ahead. It's a wonderful contest, and that's what it is. Now, uh, hopefully by this time, we should have some good entries in it so far, and May 31st is the deadline for this contest. If what, you is do, the, what are the qualifications for the contest, Vince? Well, you have to know Glenn, first of all. Well, that goes without saying. Yeah, well, yeah. First of all, you yeah. go to our website. Glenn, be quiet. Go to our website, and you click Contest, and there's a big logo that says Contest on the right-hand side of the page with a little confetti on It's kind of cute. You like it? You can't miss it. Yeah, you can't miss it. <laughs> Vince's face on it. You can't miss it. No, no, I put Glenn's face on it, actually. You put the other end on it. What are you talking about? <laughs> what you're going to do is you're going to submit a written encounter using mo- monsters published from the classic Dungeons & Dragons as published in the TSR works. So only classic D&D monsters published in TSR works only. And if it's a squad of monsters and the leader is named Vince, you get extra points. No. Official rules are minimum of 400 words for the uh, the entry or the encounter. Must involve one plot hook with this monster, and you must submit it via email to the Save or Die podcast at gmail.com. Yo. May 31st at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, New York Time, is the cutoff. The grand prize winner will receive a free deluxe edition of Lamentations of the Flame Princess. I always want to yeah. say the Flaming Princess when I say that. I always want to say a legend of the flame. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Vince, you think we ought to throw in one of our T-shirts too? Yeah, we'll make that like a second prize. Yeah, second place will we'll actually will get a T-shirt, and third prize will will get a uh, classic D and D module of Glenn's choosing that we could find. I have an extra <laughs> spare copy of the off Glenn's shelf. Today. <laughs> and the, and the booby prize is the field guide for encounters. <laughs> and now you're only going to get three entries. Uh oh, no, we don't have booby prize. I'm no, four, and, and if you keep in mind, 400 words is not very long. As a minimum, that actually is really easy to hit. That's about a page. Less than you ought to know. That's yes, like the, I should, because I am still 500. I'm still 55 words away from 500 this month. 
Wow. That's not words. I mean pages. Sorry, oh. 500 pages. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you like? Lord, I lost my... Yeah, you no. could do the podcast and type that out, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. 500 pages. Pages. Yes. Uh, so, I'm a mutant. You're a mutant, yes. And uh, hand that in real as you know, quick as possible. We'd like to get this done. We'll take the best three. You can enter more than once, but only one entry will be counted towards the prize. And that's saverdiepodcast at gmail.com. That's correct. And don't call the voice hotmail line and leave a long three-hour description <laughs> of your, your plot and your hook, because that'll just erase it. And just... You hear that, Julie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, oh. I'll tell you, when I was running a, a fanzine and... There were so many people who wanted to talk about their stories, and nobody wanted to write them down. So, yeah, write it down. <laughs> write it down, and, yeah, don't pull a Julie by saying, and that'll end it today. But one more thing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's head into Game On this week. So for game on this week, what do we have, Mike? Stuff. We have Mike. Stuff. Stuff. Uh, building your gaming area. No. What? No. Game on is game etiquette number two, part two of the series in a public place. Well, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. As long as you meant that. <laughs> that sounds that's dirty. what I heard him say. Sounds dirty. So how do we conduct ourselves? This is a, uh, I think it's a three-part series we're designed to do, how to conduct yourself in certain various places around the world while gaming. So yeah. uh, in a public place, to be like in a park or a library or maybe even, I don't know, a school. A bar. I, I, I haven't played too many games in a bar, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play in a pizza place. Pizza yeah. place. Conventions. Conventions still they get open uh, gaming areas. I... I, I Consider a convention like a different category than public place. Because okay, everybody be there is nuts. Yeah. There's also Does a certain... Does a pizza place that serves alcohol count as a bar? Yes. Yeah. Okay, then yeah. I played in a bar. <laughs> so, yeah, there is a different dynamic when you're playing in yeah. a place that doesn't serve alcohol. Any place where the public can walk by and point at you and laugh. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's a pizza place, or it's not here anymore, but in Denton used to be called the Flying Tomato. Yeah. That was everybody would hang out and there would be running games of everything from D and D to vampire to in the cool. pizza place really wow yeah and they had a small alcoholic bar mostly just beers but still could I add get a one picture of beer and a and a D and D game you know hey, What's, okay. yes Clem oh can I add one more yeah place that is kind of peripherally associated with this a workplace. Yeah, I know a lot of people that play at work during lunch hours. Yeah, yeah. or after hours or whatever. Yeah. So, never what done that. School, yeah. What are our tips for people out there playing in a public place to keep themselves calm, relaxed, and not put a bad word out for gamers out there? Okay, I'm going to be the one with the pole stuck up my you-know-what, or at least sound that way, is you're an ambassador for the role-playing game industry and community in whole, so please conduct yourselves in a rather nice way. Unlike Glenn. Yeah. Unlike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a shower still applies. 
That's true. Don't want a public the hygiene thing from last week. Remember that? You know. Yeah. Don't want a public place. You can get away with it a little bit better because you're outside. So. Yeah. Yeah, but. There's more people to be disimpressed. Yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, enjoy yourself, but don't yeah, be don't the type that leap up from the table and then, you know, spend 10 minutes cavorting around showing the DM exactly what your character is doing. Or throw, <laughs> dice, or throw dice at people. So. Yeah, they get lost in public places. Yeah. yeah. Be dice, no, I mean. No dice throwing as a rule. Yeah, like, but one thing, now, having played a lot of LARPs, we even had to take this to an extreme, because we're out in a park, public park, uh, dressed up in costume and having to deal with the public and explain what the heck's going on. And so I got really good at stopping out of character and going, you know, just like in the middle of something, going, hi, this is what we're doing, blah, 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 blah. You're welcome to watch, but stay back a little bit, okay? <laughs> you might get hurt. Well, just that they can't always—they uh, can't always see, you know, everything that's going on around them, and it's better just to not worry about it. Good idea. Yeah, but no, it's—it's, it's, it, you know, don't yell as much. Don't, um, don't cuss as much. Yeah. You don't know what children are lurking around. Yeah, one sure way yeah. to put off the public from gaming is to be a. But yeah. around someone's children. Yeah, dropping f bombs every other sentence is not cool when you're out there. <laughs> no. And I know this is your personal preference, but don't try to dress like a freak when you're playing the game. I'm sorry. It just gives the game a bad tone for other people that don't understand <laughs> you mean, it. You mean you mean LARPers? No. No, not LARPers. I'm talking no, about the... at least there's a group of people all dressed the same. It's when you're sitting at the table with the book with the demon on the front, and you've got the guy with the upside down crucifix. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what, dude? I put on my robe and wizard hat. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna wear, the wear the wizard hat, just looks like a geek. Yeah. Black mascara looks like somebody you actually should be scared of. Yeah, put, the, put the, the crucifix away, put the satanic stuff away, wear the black, that's fine, but don't be sitting there scowling, looking over your first edition demon guide or whatever. Yeah. Not to mention, I, you know, cleaning your nails with a with a knife or something. I remember Do not about bring the, weapons to public. Fortunately, yes. with the exception of the Eldritch Wizardry book, most classic books don't have the unfortunate covers that first edition did. Yeah. And very few modules. I've got my whole Yeah, I can't think of any right actually. Just off the top of my head. X1, they're fighting uh some kind of gigantic Tyrannosaurus. Man. You bet it's not no, it's not a Tyrannosaurus. It's like a weird wizard uh, lizard man. It's a deranged ankylosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as recognizable as as if you were picking up the uh, DM guy. Just say no to drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Like Mike was saying, it's not as recognizable as a giant demon standing on the front cover of the DM guide. So yeah. Oh, well, speaking of drugs and stuff, um, I'd say public <laughs> places like the exception of drinking and gaming. Don't try not to do it. You know, yeah. sitting there with your oh. bottle of Jack in front of the DM screen, and <laughs> well, I think it falls under moderation. Yeah. You know, if you're going to drink, you know, drink responsibly. There's no and reason. Yeah, like it. okay. Another we don't watch all dressed in like suits around the table. <laughs> oh, I do say, give me my d20 dice, please. Pardon? Vincent, <laughs> would you be so kind as to roll the percentile dice for the next encounter? And another important thing is when you're playing around so the group. So you're playing steampunk? 
No. <laughs> for science. Yes, for science. You're, you're playing around the group in public, and there's people watching. And encourage them and invite them over to watch. And try to explain some things to them so they understand it. Maybe they'll become a player. Yeah, yeah be like a host, you know. This is what we're doing. You want to know more about it? I mean, if there happens to be some, you know, kid standing there and he's, like, interested, let him just say, okay, buddy, come on over and look. Okay. Yeah, uh, here's a pamphlet about it. Throw away that Jack Trick tract. Here's his pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> or you can be the creep. And be tolerant, especially among young kids and, you know, teenagers, because, you know, we were all that age once, and... We were all dumb once. <laughs> you know, the... The, the uh... The, the, Otherwise, uh, we're all going to end up in retirement homes talking about, nobody games like we do. <laughs> we already do that. We already do that, Mike. <laughs> well, we're not in the retirement homes yet. At least I don't it's not think. not like when we were a kid. Now, my theory about the Christian right who had a problem with uh, D&D for a while, I am surprised given all the crowd royal bags for dice bags. I didn't think we were all alcoholics. Yeah. Well, explain. That's something I've always wondered: is why was Dungeons and Dragons satanic and evil, but a game where you actually play a vampire? Nobody says anything about. Oh, there was a lot to say about playing a vampire game. Oh I yes, never noticed it here in the Bible Belt. Everybody really? to this day, you talk about it. Oh, it's the Dungeons and Dragons or Harry Potter. I'm like, <laughs> I have never heard any any. You know, Bible Belt people going off about vampires. I had a vampires don't cast spells. It's wow. a spell casting thing. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, my one of my nieces got suspended from high school because she was playing Vampire <laughs> the Masquerade because she had the book in school, and they said that was the devil's book. <clears throat> wow, you're lucky then. Yeah, yeah, very much. Also, if you're gonna go, well. I'm trying to think. Like, if you're gonna go plan on playing in a public place, scout it out first. You know, take yeah. a day or so beforehand and, you know, check it out. Say if it's like outside a library or something or some place like that. See who walks by there. See see what the area is like. See if you need any permission to play somewhere. That's, That's very a good idea. Very important. Especially yeah. if you're in like go, a business. A lot of libraries also, will happily let you go in. And And go on the day that it's that you're looking at if you're looking at playing on a saturday go check it out on a saturday don't check it out on a thursday yeah, yeah. because you go like say you're oh look there's some table space at the mall we can play there okay yeah hey it's pretty empty in here on a saturday <laughs> let me let me throw this over to crispy since he's the young in here crispy how does it feel you know playing in public playing D&D you know you're more of a younger person today in Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Yeah. Never mind. So. <laughs> well, I've never really, like, aside from high school when I was first starting, I've never really played in a public place. Like, the lunch table at high school is where I started. But well, that's a public other place. than that, I've always uh, gotten to friends' houses and stuff like that. Um, I know I have thought about going to the library, and like you were saying, there's... I mean, libraries have study rooms, and they're happy to let you sit down and, and hang out there. I don't go to libraries. For the mere fact that every library I've been to, they want to charge me for the room. Really? No, that's, like, that's odd. Yeah, the, the, that's the, odd. Uh, the Oklahoma library system here? Oh, yeah, you can use our uh, conference room, $10 an hour. Whoa. Oh, I'm not talking about the conference room. I'm talking about the study rooms. They have study rooms? I was about rooms? to say, that's okay. not too bad, rooms. actually. I, $10 the an hour is not bad, here. Yeah. 
tend to let you use it without fee, but like the community center is like 50, 60 bucks an hour here. Oh. Okay. Well, I don't know what it is with the library. I think they want to make money at every turn or something. It's just every time I go well, in there. Well, I mean, they I want to... They're getting cut. Yeah, I know people yeah. who work in the library, and they're, you know, they run here, and they're... It's getting bad. I mean, it's like, who could we... Should we cut the... Uh, oh, not go go there. <laughs> <laughs> I know my local well, library, all you do is become a member, and you're allowed to use uh, the study reference area for a group conference once a month. For free. Nice. Yeah. <coughs> there's, um, so there's, speaking of money, um, that's another thing. If you're meeting at a, say, a restaurant or something, bring be money good enough it. to, like, order stuff there. Yeah, yeah. patronize oh, yeah. it. I mean, it's free, but, you know, or being able to go in and game is technically free, but, you know, they're giving you that space. Patronize their business. And yep. tip, you know, if you, you know, don't just be a, don't just, if you're going to go play at Denny's in the middle of the night, that waitress needs your tips. That's right. Yeah. If you're going to go play Pizza Hut, order a couple of pizzas. You know. Okay. I, I got to admit, I have played Munchkin in, like, Denny's at, like, 3 a.m. with friends <laughs> after a game. but Which is probably the best way to play Munchkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Denny's does serve alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some daddies do. I have much. I was about to say they do. I've never seen that. Yeah, they do. Oh, we don't need alcohol. We we get drunk off pancakes, <laughs> waffles. Uh, that <laughs> feeling when you have like too many pancakes and you're just like, oh god, it feels so good, but so bad. It's called the grand slam, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you're playing in a place of work, if you work there, uh, make sure what the management. Try, try and feel out how the management feels about uh, you doing that there. Even if you're on your lunch hour, you don't want to get some yeah. supervisor getting all bent out of shape in the lunchroom be- just because you're doing it. Not if you're you know, not interrupting anything or anything like that, but just because you're doing it. Uh, my work now, I mean, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised about this because I work in an IT office now, but I was reading uh, one of the modules for one of the shows, and they were like, oh, Dungeons & Dragons, cool, let's play, and like the whole entire IT team wanted to play now. <laughs> so I may have a group work on <laughs> a group at work now, so. Cool. Well, my main my main DM and GM at, in when I was in San Jose, he uh, he worked for like this, uh, he worked for like this uh, at placement place for jobs. I get a lot of jobs through him. And hell, he dragged me down there after hours with his boss, who would also participate. we just sit in the conference room and just like you know, go to town and for for like oh. all night. Wow. But, that's, but, but I always think that's Quite kind Julie. of a rarity. What? Nothing. Oh, I thought <laughs> I always thought that was kind of a rarity. You know, but uh, that's just me. Okay. So that's our tips. Tell us what you do. Yeah. Glenn, give them the email. It is saverdiepodcast at gmail dot com. I bet you don't know the hotline number, do you? Because I do. I bet I don't. Five seven zero. Two nine zero seven two eight three is the hotline. Hotline. I was waiting for that. Where Julia's standing by. <laughs> I'm not standing. Whoa. It's better when Julie does it. Yeah, I know. Can we just like record one to play at the end of the show with Julie going, if you want to talk to us, let it <laughs> Let's move on to DM Workshop. Gentlemen, 
We can rebuild him. But this isn't science. It's more like black magic. Better. Stronger. Faster. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. Welcome to the Dungeon Master's Workshop. DM Workshop. Building the space... I'm a tool. I'm a tool. We know. Building the space that you play in. How many people do this? I know for a fact Crispy does this all the time because he tells us. So let's start with the Crispex himself. Well, like, uh, it really depends. Sounds like a fiber cereal. Crispix is an actual cereal. Yeah, it's, yeah. it stays crunchy in milk. Do you? I, I do, actually. Glenn. Reel it in. Calling him Captain Crunch. Go reel, ahead. It, reel it in, come on. Anyway, so, uh, things that I like to do is, uh, of course, you gotta make sure you have enough space for everyone to play. Um, I looked out and inherited a, a huge dining room table. It's like, I don't know, eight feet long. <coughs> Lucky. Yeah. You know, making sure everyone has enough space for notes and their, their character sheets and uh, whatever else they might have. Uh, I envy that table. It's it's pretty nice. Um, You know, make, make sure that your house is clean if you're going to have people over at your house. Or the area that you're you're playing and should be clean, you know? And the like, bathroom, too. And the bathroom, which I gotta take care of after this. High traffic areas. High traffic areas. Um, you know, make sure that you have drinks for everyone. Make sure that there is, uh, clean dishes and stuff like that so people aren't, uh, drinking out of dirty glasses. Just mm. etiquette stuff. If you're, you're having company over, you know, so the rules of having company over should apply. apply. All right, so talk more about how you build your gaming area for your company or your game. I like to, uh, you know, I've got my battle mats and stuff like that. I've got a lot of different pre, uh, pre-made pre ones. Uh, Paizo is a good place if you're looking for yeah. mats that you can draw on. Really good. They're 13 bucks, and they're like 3 feet by 2 feet. They're really big. Now, these uh, are standard battle mats? These are standard battle mats. Uh, usually, they have, uh, they have like a basic one, which is just two uh, blank grids on either side uh-huh. uh, with like a generic terrain like stone or dirt and then they have stuff that's like um, the flip mats like, yeah they have, they're called flip mats but like we have a coliseum we have a, a town there's a, uh, a boat one that I have forest all kinds of different ones and they have several and they're always releasing more like I said they're really cheap they're both wet and dry areas nice. um, I also use gaming paper which uh, is neat. It's uh, basically a big sheet of uh, grid paper. They just tear, so, you know, right? You just tear it off every time. You just tear it off and write on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, cheap too. it's like a roll, like a battle mat. You just like yeah. toilet paper. You just tear it off and. Mm-hmm. No, have your oh, have harsh. your. Uh, if you're gonna have maps laid out for them, have maps laid out for them. Uh, you know, it it sucks to to pause the game so you can draw a map if you have it pre-made, you can just whip it out and put it on the table and then have everyone place their characters and go from there. Ah. It's I, also nice when you can be prepared, I mean, when your area is prepared enough that you've got um, all your books right there. That's another thing I and do, uh, is I take all the books that we use for characters and rules and stuff, and I place them out so people have free access to them. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Then, you good. know, have, be organized, have your notes up, uh, I like to set them in a certain order for when they'll come up and play. Like, if I'll have, like, uh, 
my typed up notes, I'll have those laid out, and then I'll have maps and stuff uh, either on top, like my key, my map key for uh, what they're going to be encountering. I'll mm-hmm. have that out in front. You know, you it's, make it's, the, do, you, do you do stuff like uh, make uh, blank, extra blank character sheets for them or anything? I have tons and tons and tons and tons of blank character sheets. For every game that we might play, I have at least 20 blank character sheets. Wow. Spare dice? I do have spare dice. I have my dice, and I only use yeah. a select few. So everything else is pretty much spare. Ah. I used to like to, in, in the past, there was this thing, I can't remember the website, I think it was called Games Workshops, or you're able to do 3D module uh, models of things. You Ooh. just print out the paper, and you just... That's pretty cool. And you would yeah. follow the little etch marks in it to print it out on, I think it was cardstock paper. Oh, yeah. And you could build, like, a little town, or... And then you could pull the pieces off as the characters go in. It was really cool, but it takes a lot of time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been wanting to, like, mess with 3D terrain recently. It's I, fun. It just seems like a really cool thing to do, but it's expensive to get, like, the modeled stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, what Dungeon yeah. Forge? Was that Dwarven Forge? Yeah, Dwarven Forge. Yeah, yeah. Dwarven Forge Master Maze. I've got several of their sets. Really, oh, yeah. really good, like, but expensive. Yeah. yeah. Like, how steep were those? As far as price-wise? Um, one of them I won at, in a competition on a website, uh, or rather Liz won, to be precise, for a map-making competition. But uh, the other two, uh, I think I paid like 50 bucks for the starter set, and then for an expansion rooms and corridors set, I paid another 70 They're not that cheap, but they're really worth the price if you want to spend the money. Yeah, they oh, yeah, nice. they're very nice. Um, it uh, takes on, some time. Of course, you've got to preset things up. Mm-hmm. And On the other hand, yeah. you could just use Lego Pirate Island. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you could use various Lego stuff. I've, I've done that in the past. I've just done, yeah, I've used plenty of Legos in the past. For today's module, that would be excellent. It would. <laughs> yeah. Sculpey is a cheap alternative, too. Yeah. Yeah, Sculpey um, clay, yeah. Yeah, because you can bake that in the oven, and that hardens it up, and you can pretty much make what you need. You guys do anything? Up. You guys do anything about making the space you play in? Uh, say you're doing something special, like a special scenario and stuff. You do anything to jazz it up? We Maybe. used to. We uh, for a housewarming gift, we bought my old DM Daniel uh, mood changing bulb. It's basically an LED light bulb that fixes into a light fixture, uh-huh. and then it's got a remote control that changes different colors. Oh. And then when I took over, yeah, it's really cool. When I took over DMing, I used that all the time. I'm like, all right, it's night now, and I'd set it to like dim blue lights. Like, oh, you're in a you're in a lava cave. Turn everything red. Yeah, right. I haven't used it as much as I've wanted to. But one of the things I've got is one of those travel uh, nature noise things. Uh-huh. And you know, you hit well, you know, crashing waves, thunderstorm, crickets at night. <coughs> Yeah, I was just about to bring up like ambiance and music as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a laptop or something like that, this is one of the reasons I was looking for like a free soundboard for my PC because you can do that real easy. Load the load the sounds into the soundboard and just hit a button. Boom, boom, boom. You can set it up right beforehand for that scenario for that module. Or, a, uh, you guys were asking the price wise. Just the tavern accessory set is thirty five dollars, and it comes with uh, two round tables, a wine keg. Candles, two candles, sorry, um, two bowls, pl- plates, platters, mugs, uh, mug groupings, stools, six of them, the main bar area, the curved bar area, the sidebar, the bar entrance, 
uh, and it comes with a green bed and a blue bed and the flooring. So it's not that's bad, a, actually. That's a lot. No, that's not bad at all. Yeah, that's that's oh. the price of another RPG book, but yeah. like you're going to be at least. And you can yeah, arrange it any way you want. I mean, they have it set up in a certain way in the picture, but you could put it on the corner, on the side, so you can always change your bars around. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's what I was going to say. Is you're going to get just as much use out of that. Adventurers, you know, you go to the tavern and, and you see a mysterious man in the corner is... And there's the, the ubiquitous tavern brawl. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just the idea of a green bed and a blue bed. I'm like, you, you color code your beds? Joy. That's for... My character's in the green bed, not the blue one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess that's for the, the girls up in the second story. Well, this was another one in here. Is Den of Evil room set, fifteen hundred castings. It comes with it. It's a hundred dollars. Wow. Where are you looking? Uh, DwarvenForge.com. Okay, because I've seen some of those sets at, uh, say, for Noble Knight. Mm-hmm. That Den of Evil set at Noble Knight is like three hundred. Jeez. Well, we all know Noble Knight Jack's prices up. I mean, come on. Well, sometimes. Not to Other knock Noble Knight. Really cheap stuff. No, I don't want to but knock them, but a lot of times they, they take things that just oddly they jack the prices up. Yeah, yeah. It's just an odd combination. Like You'll see a book, and it's like a penny. It's like, uh, okay, but then like a book you would never think is like $400. Yeah, I remember seeing a set for a Yakinto role-playing game called Time Ship, which is one of the worst games ever. <laughs> and they were like, wanted 80 bucks for it. Huh? Wow. Want to buy mine? <laughs> cool. Sure, I'll even take 30, you know, 20, no problem. They even yeah. have um, sci-fi and modern on here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, take a look at it, DwarvenForge.com. I remember seeing them at Gen Con last year. They were pretty cool about uh, having everything out and showing you how they made everything. And I think, in fact, we did we did a mini-interview with them last year. Yeah, There was a, a documentary that the guy who started Dwarven Forge put on YouTube. But it got took, uh, taken down. But it was really wow. interesting. It showed, like, you wow. know, he... I don't know. But uh, Spiro Lee is the guy who put it up. And uh, it was really good. Hmm. It's like a half hour long or so. I think I'm going to buy some of these things now. They look really cool. They are very cool. Keep in mind, though, awesome. the problem with having really awesome toys is you have to have a place to put them. That's right. Julie yeah. bursting my bubble. I'm so sorry. Just call me the bubble. <laughs> I remember seeing another company that had molds for sale for plastic. I remember, yeah, I remember seeing those too. I don't remember their name though. Oh, I know those. Yeah, and you can make them Do they yourself. Have slimes also. Slime. Who knows? If they're gonna have molds. Ha 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 ha. And Boom boom. Cheesy joke number four. Anyway. <laughs> yes. So let's anyway. head uh, out of the DM workshop this week and building your place. Let's build our way out of here into random encounters and see what they have to say in there. Okay. Yes. We take what we want and leave the rest. Just like your salad bar. Nothing up must leave. Crystal! You will come out no more. What? Huh? What will come out no more? Random encounters. So, random encounters this week. What do we have, Julie? Gargoyles. Good show. Very good show. I was going to make that joke. I like the, I like the lawn gnomes better. <laughs> David the you gnome. 
Because a home isn't a home without a gnome. I don't know. Lawn gnomes have always been kind of creepy in my book. Well, uh, not, you're cursed. Now go away. We're not talking about lawn gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> That's next week. Yes. No. Vampiric lawn gnomes? <clears throat> lawn gnomes that shoot fire? <laughs> so I noticed that the, the gargoyles were in the basic book for the levels 1 to 3. Don't you think they're a little bit powerful, more powerful than that? I mean, I think gargoyles well, a little bit pretty nasty, these creatures. Considering they put dragons them. in there. Uh, <laughs> True. Yeah, you could but do that yeah, with gargoyles any- are pretty tough. Just looking at the comparison sheet, they pretty much all have an armor class of 5. Mm. Mm. That's pretty like, hefty. Oh, yeah. And they're a 4 hit dice creature. Like- Black Puddings and, and Chimeras are in the Holmes basic as well. Those are 9 and 10 hit dice. Yeah, true. I like how, at least in the early, you know, most of the early games, they never really explained, you know, are they living creatures? Are they stone animated? Well, it's left kind of vague. Julie, you have any history on the gargoyles? Well, gargoyles originally are primarily thought of as, you know, they were they were carved onto buildings to both, you know, be as, as they were decorative downspouts is what they were, you know, for things like, you know, the churches and things, the big huge cathedrals. But their their purpose was to ward off evil spirits, which, you know, making them protective rather than attacking. But, uh, on the other hand, if they're protecting the place you're attacking, then... <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Which, in, in, in a lot of ways, would imply that they were really thought of more as a as an animated thing. They actually, the, the word gargoyle apparently comes from gargouille, which is a... Gar- French. Gar- French. And, uh, <laughs> and it means, it, it, it sort of is connected with the word gargle. Because they were downspouts, they you know the water uh. coming out. <laughs> so well, makes sense. You know, right? it's 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 one of those things where you're like, wow, how did that become a monster? Because yeah, it was when... scary looking. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. I noticed that uh, what is it? The OD and D two to twenty appearing, but yet every <laughs> every other edition is just like one to two or. One to six. Two to eight or yeah. something. Yeah. It's because they realized that two to 20 were going to smash every <laughs> park. Gargoyle Wars. Really? I well, mean... it is important, though, to determine, at least for the individual GM, to determine in their world what they are. Because, you know, if you end up with some oddball stone affecting spells, do they affect, do they affect them? Are they animated stone? Or are they, you know, something that's going to be affected by more flesh-related things? Yeah, that's yeah. what I love about the vagueness. You know, you can, you have that freedom to define that in a that, particular world. I keep thinking of that '70s TV movie Gargoyles, <laughs> and yeah. those were now those were actual creatures. Wasn't that a Hammer film? No, it was something made for TV. I can't remember who starred in it, but I remember that the gargoyle creatures were not stone. They lived in stone, like caves and stuff, but they were like, you know, they were hairy and leather skin and all that kind of crap. Mm, Yeah, probably because the technology of Hollywood couldn't do it. Thank you. 
So it could go either way. Bad. Thank you. Um, so I guess it could go either way, you know. I would like. I would. To me, I would run on his stone, living stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, I can totally see that. Yeah. And what's this? Blackmore has a. I can't pronounce that. Copacinth. Copacinth. Yeah. Copacinth. Copacinth. I always struck me as kind of odd, you know, that a gargoyle underwater. And yeah. Uh, oh, those like those. I can see this... them like, uh, like being made of like maybe a, a more wooden and like maybe uh, uh, or even coral, but or coral, but like take like a sunken ship filled with treasure. They'll like, uh, what is the part of the ship with the uh, the the lady carving? The part the, with the lady carving. The bow. The bow. Yeah. So <laughs> like the masthead. I mean, not the masthead. The um. Yeah, focus at the bow. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like uh, maybe like disguising, the disguising themselves as one of those, and then like waiting for people to like maybe dive down to get the treasure. So like that Harryhausen movie where the one just comes alive. Oh, I could totally see them as stone underwater. They'd just be those things in the middle of fountains. Well, as I was going to say, it's I don't see that as the problem, but it says the wings act as fins. And to me, okay, that that's... would look kind of bizarre. Yeah, it would look really bizarre. Yeah, that's a part I really just... Because especially if they're stoned, then why not underwater? They don't need to breathe. <laughs> yeah. This is, it, I, that's weird. <laughs> now, maybe a big tail or something, but... I, I, and also, I like the fact that every edition says nothing except they can only be hit with magical weapons, but Menser goes as far as saying, the DM should not use these gargoyles unless the player characters have at least one magical weapon. <laughs> Is that the little DM advice in there? Yeah. Hey, yo, stupid, if they don't have magical weapons, don't use this monster. <laughs> Not unless you just want to kill them all. Or the wizard has uh, stone to mud or something. Yeah. So how in can which we... case, they're probably high enough level that goggles yeah. are so, so, Glenn. Yes. How can we jazz this monster up so someone who's like a rules lawyer doesn't recognize it offhand and don't say fire out of its butt? Or out of its mouth. <laughs> out of its hands like burning hands yes oh let's see uh put a lot of moss on it um actually you could dis- you could disguise it as something living or uh, like crispy said you know the prow of the ship yeah the prow of the ship that would be a wood one like the problem with the gargoyles is as soon as you mention grotesque humanoid statue, people are going to be on the lookout for Gargoyle. Like, oh, yeah. It's gotten to that point in gaming now where you, well, you know, you know there is... mentioned statue, it's, oh, we, yeah. it's probably a Gargoyle, watch out. Well, you well, know, there is such... They, Go ahead. Oh, They either assume Gargoyle or they assume some form of living statue, maybe not necessarily under that name. The minute you mention statues ever, they assume they're going to come to life. Well, you know, or there's there, a Medusa around. Yeah, the Medusa. Mm-hmm. There's also the fact that there is a certain golem called a stone golem. Yeah, that could be mis. Yeah, that could be mistaken as the gargoyle. Mm-hmm. Mistaken for a gargoyle. Thank you. Different I think, stats. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think you need magic weapons to hit it, do you? Stone golem offhand. I'm not sure offhand. I think you do. I Roll think all back. golems you need magic weapons to hit because. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. In first edition, you do so. But 
not patient. But uh, I'd love to fake him out as either swap out a stone golem for a gargoyle or vice versa. I mean, you have a statue there of a winged, a winged human just standing there, and it comes to life. Oh, it's a stone golem! And then all of a sudden, it starts flying. How about if, like, the, the stone, well, basic- um, the winged uh, gargoyle has, like, I don't know, a pair of robe on, and he has a hood over his head, and he's a figure walking down the street towards the party? That'd be cool. Yeah. Then you yeah. wouldn't know it's a gargoyle then, unless he pulled the hood off. I mean, they say they don't attack unless something attacks them, or... Uh-huh. Well, see, that's another advantage, because if you say it's stone, then there's no infrared signature. That's there's right. a good point. In the dark, you're just fighting something that's ambient temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the surrounding area, yeah. So you may not know what you're fighting. Something's leaped down and attacked you. How about uh, how about giving them uh, spell use? Or uh, spell, like, spell-like abilities? Such as what? I'd be more spell-like abilities than spell use. Uh, I was thinking something like either charm or sleep. Something that makes it a little easier to, uh, to get them. Maybe charm, not sleep. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, charm, charm would be a good thing. Suggestion. Um, oh yeah, they're gonna. I was gonna say lightning bolt, but that won't. No, that's a little too much. <laughs> Actually, what I'd like to see, oddly enough, as a as a potential thing for them, would be to go back to the roots as a downspout, give them some sort of weird water attack. Yeah. Or lava. Ooh, lava. They're not gonna expect water though. It's like, ooh, look at the stones. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't expect lava either. Like to be honest, true. Although yeah. the water issue, I mean, especially if you're dealing with low level characters, it may not do any damage in and of itself, but it might knock them off their feet. That's right. Long enough for them to their, attack. Damage their belongings and try. Have you ever tried walking around in chainmail when all your padding is totally soaked through? Yes. <laughs> I SDA days. <laughs> not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think an interesting thing to do with the gargoyle would to be make uh, to make them uh, a trickster monster or like a, a riddle monster. Mm-hmm. We should we should ask Crispy this question. Uh, Crispy, wasn't there a Pokemon character that shot lava and was a gargoyle? Probably. I I know there's like Magmar, but he's like a lava duck. Lava, <laughs> d- lava duck. <laughs> Lord Lava Duck. What he is? He's a lava duck. <sighs> well, that went nowhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's some way to, to disguise him as at least some kind of animal. I mean, what you know, they're saying it's an ugly gremlin, goblin-type human with wings. Mm-hmm. Why can't you make it like you know another animal or more human-like? Say it was a, a gargoyle duck or <laughs> gargoyle uh, lion. Lion. There you go. That would automatically suggest some other attacks. And it's not something they'd expect, the players would expect. True. And then they really wouldn't expect the water spurting out of their mouths. To That's knock true. I'm, I'm thinking of like a, 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 a snake. Mm. You know, yeah. a stone snake. Especially if you did like a Celtic knotwork type snake that totally covered over, say, a doorway or something. Yeah. All, mm. all of a sudden, oh, it ties itself yeah. that goes after. Oh, man. And if it was like, the... and if it was like a python that squo- squeezed, yeah. Well, again, that a... may be getting more to a living statue than 
than gargoyles. True, there is. It, it, it's trying to decide what the difference is between a living statue and a gargoyle, and maybe the that they're you know one or the other was you know animated by someone and the other is inherently animated and that would be a huge difference between different things yeah it's it's kind of hard you see gargoyle by their very nature it's hard it kind of blends the line between a stone statue a stone golem and a gargoyle Mm -hmm. type so it's kind of hard to differentiate between the three and a living statue yeah yeah a living statue too i mean it Hmm. falls under it which there are several of in X1 Isle of Dread. That's right. Hey, Vince, yes. have, you used, have you ever used a gargoyle in your game? No, not at all. How about you, Mike? Oh, yeah. Tons of them. Yeah. Really? Great. Are they? Oh, yeah. You ever jazz them up? Um, no. Not that I can recall. Well, I think the most is they were serving a, a magic user at one point. Uh-huh. When they, no, it was an evil cleric, and he had cast darkness on them, and then they attacked. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was it, that was rough. It, this was not levels first to third, by the way. Okay. Did any of them kill Liz? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Those things she can kick ass on. I mean, it's it's giant centipedes and rats. Okay, okay gargoyle centipedes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> giant centipedes. Anyway. I think we've beaten this up enough. Yeah. Well, it's stone. It's hard to beat up. So yeah, you're right. Let's head into products of your imagination. Your dungeon master has placed you in a dreadfully precarious position. Where the Cheetos? They're right next to you. Well, all you do is we play the characters we talked about earlier when we run around and stuff. I want to show you a trick Mother showed me when you weren't around. Use your lightning bolt. Victory is yours. I'm attacking the darkness. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons games. Products of your imagination. You're not there. You're getting drunk. Products of your imagination heading back over to the TSR published module starting in the X series. X1, the Isle of Dread. <laughs> And speaking of which, uh, we've all decided... Uh, actually, Crispy, I'll let you take the... Uh, well, was, was this Corey's idea? Whose idea was it? I think it was uh, Terry's, actually. I think Terry was the one who suggested it. All right, well, Crispy, you're going to be starting it off, so why don't you drop the bomb? I am going to start running an AP podcast for Save or Die. Uh, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to take the group from the quest of the Book of, uh, for the Book of Sorrows. And a few. Uh, all those guys. And a few new ones. Uh some some dudes from this other podcast, uh, you probably never heard of it. I think it's like to something like about a hammer. Geronimo's hammer, something. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's crap. Anyways, anyway, these three so. guys, they're all losers. It's, it's going to be Thaco's hammer in the house, folks. Uh, they're going to be joining us, and what we're going to be doing from now on is the week before we review a module, Vince, Glenn, uh, the guys from Thaco's hammer, and uh, our AP podcast, we're going to be running the adventure. And we're going to record it and put it up for uh, everyone to listen to. Yes, I'm already working on a website for us to put up the stuff so it's on a separate feed. So basically, we're going to take a mob down there. <laughs> yeah, I think you it's have to let me play sometime. Oh, we almost asked you Thursday. We almost asked you. Nobody's we ever asked me. Almost asked. Almost. <sighs> but not quite. 
What did Always you? a bridesmaid, never a... <laughs> and we'll be swapping on and off, like Crispy will run a couple, and then someone else will run. I know Leaf said he wanted to run B4 or B5. Hmm. So we're going to you know, get a whole bunch in there so people can listen to the actual modules as well as hear reviews by us. I think we need to let Julie in on this. And Oh, yeah, if Julie wants to play, she's more than welcome. Or she, if she wants to run something, she's more than welcome. Mm-hmm. Mm, I haven't run this game in a long time. I run other stuff. So like, Crispy's going to use Labyrinthor rules. I'm gonna, because it's free and everyone can get it. Yeah, and I'm going to use BX rules, which is pretty much the same thing, and... Everyone's going to use their own version of classic D&D rules. So, Mike, if you ever want to jump in one night and run something and for... Uh, and copious amounts of free time, yeah, sure. Well, s- stop working and grading papers, pal, all right? Just just quit. Yeah, just I mean, quit. Like, just How quit. silly is that? Live off Liz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've been doing that for the past eight years while I was getting my degrees. It's now my time to work. So the Isle of Dread. Okay, yes. first thought when I first look picked this up after a long time of reading it was I forgot how much this was like the King Kong movie. <laughs> That's what I, I was thinking. It was like uh, it's the kind of module where like the guy on safari is walking through the woods and there's jungle drums. Yeah, just, very lost. Those very lost drums. Yeah, and then the drums stop. Very lost. Yeah, world. I include it even with the the plateau. So this was written by uh, uh, David Cook, Zeb Cook, and Tom Mulvey. Yeah. Mainly used for the expert set rules for BX. Uh, levels 3 to 7? Yeah, 3 to 7. Four, uh, 7? I thought it was 14. Or is that Metzer? That's Metzer. No, no, the module. The module. Oh, module. 3 to 7, yes. Yeah. And actually, they do admit the campaign setting is Mistara, so... Yeah, there's Karamikios and everything like that. Yeah, they give you a nice little map there of uh, the five. Well, when it first came out, it was still Known World, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's what became Mistara. So yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff to do here. I mean, talk about sandbox. Yeah, it's yeah, this very is a sandboxy. lot like uh, B two, I thought, in that it's more of a mini campaign setting, really. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of stuff crammed in right next to each other. It makes you wonder why these things don't attack each other. <laughs> yeah, well, all these tribes and and of different things living. I mean, yeah, it's Raised a big island, dinosaurs. It's not that big. If I was running, if I was in this game, I'd go straight for the pirates. Everything's oh, better with pirates. Kick, kick some pirate booty. And yeah. you know what, Glenn? This wah, one, wah, wah. <laughs> this one links to one of the ones we're going to be doing later on. You have to read called X Solo. Ooh, I thought you were talking about Altanus. No, X Solo, Lathan's Gold is another uh, module. It's linked to that because uh, one of the parts I'll, here. Uh, I'll glance over it. No, you'll read it and you'll like it. And <laughs> you make it so you Young sound like Brian. You read it and you'll like it. You sound like a Brian on the other show. He's forcing me to read Dragonlance. What's wrong with Dragonlance? I don't, I don't want to read it. <laughs> Dude, Dragonlance had some of the greatest novels out of the, out of the D&D you know, series. I could, I could fit the number of fantasy novels I've read on my little finger. One? I'm not a, no, I'm not a fiction guy. Really? All right, all right, you're fine. I'm, I'm a cinematic guy. So. so back to the module. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Glenn. Go with your review, since you're talking. Um, it's basically you find a uh, journal, a log of a 
captain from some adventurers who had gone there before, and they have this rumor about a black pearl, among other things. And they said, they basically come out and said, we haven't mapped this very well. But <laughs> if you want to go and find this stuff, go ahead. Yeah. And the guy died like 30 years ago, so it's like, let's all go take a sea, sea voyage. Okay. And, uh, yeah, ooey. Um, so it's basically you hire a ship or get a ship and you go across, and that's where the sandbox starts. Yeah. yeah. You can go talk to the natives, go, go over the wall, kick the pirates' butts, you know, whatever. <laughs> Now I was I was I'm, reading a little I'm sorry, bit. There, there is a lot of stuff in this that I find extremely hilarious. I was reading a little bit about some history about this and what is it, Pathfinders picking this up for one of their adventure paths? Really, I have not heard of that. Uh yeah, Sa uh, Dungeon Savage Tide Adventure Path. Eric Mona mentioned that the Isle will be prominently featured in the Savage Tide. Go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up because I I think. I, I might have to actually buy. I don't do the adventure paths, but that's something I would like to run. Yeah, that would be fun. But this is fun also. And is is this the first place in uh, BX that they introduced dinosaurs? Yeah, because this is a wilderness. Uh, the one of the first wilderness actual. Did, well, they didn't no, the basic did they? No, they did introduce wilderness, but this is one of the actually full blown wilderness adventures. So yeah. I just wonder if they had introduced dinosaurs as monsters. X1 predates a lot of the B modules, though, keep in mind. True. Well, publication date was 81. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was probably around B5 or so, uh -huh. B6, something like. Yeah, true. It's got some really nice artwork in here, too. Yeah, I love, uh, I have, like, the, there's a couple different versions. I, I have uh, the Mensa version and the Moldvay Cook version. Uh, the, the rule sets, and I just love the art in the uh, the one for Mulvey Cook. Yeah, it's beautiful, and they give you enough maps to choke a horse. Oh Lord, they do. It is just chock a block with maps. But here's here's what cracked me up the most, if I might. I'm a huge you know player handout person. Yeah. But if I gave that player handout to my players, they would laugh their heads off. Oh, the one thing you can rip out with the uh, the pirate yes. captain. Yes, because not only not only is it is it uh, in columns. It's supposed to be some guys, you know, some guys written up account of of his trip to this island. Not only is it in two columns, evenly uh -huh. spaced. They, though they did try to do a handwriting font, but there's <laughs> quotes around the paragraph. <laughs> that must be a later edition one. <laughs> I would have to rewrite that one because if I was going to use it for any players I ever played with, because they would laugh their heads off otherwise. Mine? <laughs> They're like, who sits down and writes their own journal with quotes around all the paragraphs? Well, I, like, I, I an English major? Yeah. Not a pirate, though. <laughs> yeah. Lucky if you could read a pirate's handwriting. The one I have, Julie, is weird because mine looks like it's actually handwritten. Mine doesn't look like it's handwritten, but it's one single page and it's got the paragraphs. Right. And then his signature. Well, I was surprised at a few of the encounters here. I didn't expect to run into treants. Yeah. Yeah, the treant thing was pretty cool. I, I think that would yeah. be a uh, neat thing to mess with the players with. Yeah. And all it's these... like they start a fire and then, like, the forest gradually starts moving out away from you. Yes. 
Of course, the theme's important, too. When I've, I ran this, and there's like wandering encounters with dryads, for example. Uh-huh. Rather than the standard North European dryads, I had them kind of like the South Seas Island girl Ooh. type. Types. Speaking of South Sea Island, we have zombies in here too. But of course, but of course, yes. Oh my uh, lord! <laughs> zombies, <laughs> uh, dinosaurs, tribes, and a giant oyster. Oh my! And a deranged ankylosaurus. <laughs> Did that oyster? <laughs> yeah. Julie cannot cannot mention that deranged ankylosaur enough. Mm-hmm. No, got- it just. That a whole we got a we got an ankylosaur that's high. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Loco weed. I love it. All right. So, what's our ratings with this? We'll start with uh, Professor Mike. Four. Wow. I really like it. Um, so keeper for Mike. Oh, definitely. I love this thing. Okay. Cool. It's great. I mean, you got to do some modifications, but I can't think of a module we've ever reviewed where I haven't said that. Yeah, so. that's true. Who doesn't? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as long as you space it out a bit, like Julie said, you don't put everybody right next to each other, then <laughs> I think it works pretty to, well. I think the island would have to be enlarged, essentially, because things are just – there's too much stuff crammed into essentially too little space. Well, well the, when the thing I get is, it, is each hex is like – 12 miles or something like that like it's a big island yeah Yeah, but I mean they have they have a lot of particularly that tribe at the beginning has a lot of boats Mm -hmm. and while they don't you know they're not high seas traveling by coast is pretty Mm. Um, like I said I I sprinkled a lot of them on just I I put adjacent islands that were you know Mm -hmm. near the larger island but you know like for the lizard bin and such well, and, and, I mean, if you're thinking of this in any kind of real-world terms, ecosystems don't remain in their own territory. And, they you know, spread. I can't see... You know, unless I can't there's see these the huge... Di- unless there's large physical barriers, yeah, like the Yeah, I mean, wall. they've got the mesa that where the dinosaurs are, and sure, right. okay, there's that. And, and I want to know how a primitive tribe built 100-foot tall, 100-foot across towers of stone. I'm sorry. That's what zombies are for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they that's what they use the zombies for. They use them for labor. It's, it explicitly uh-huh. says that. So yeah, I mean, and there's some wandering encounters. Where do you like, get okay. the stones? I mean, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I mean, there's some of the okay. You're in jungle and run into a cave bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, hey, you, you, it's one of oh, these. Yeah, no, no. I'm just. You saying gotta that... gotta go. It's it's a 30s. You know. Yeah. King Kong type movie. What the hell? You know, just kind of. Oh yeah, it's just you know the, the those are things to think about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very true. Julie, what's your rating? It was fun. There is some good stuff in there. I I'd still probably only give it about a three and a half because mm. of it 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 feels a little contrived and you know I don't know it's just me but yeah three and a half is good though. Okay. It would have been a three had it not been for the ankylosaur. <laughs> I don't know if that's a plus or a minus, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Glenn. Well, I'd like to give it four and a half. I'd have Ooh. so much fun with this thing. One of the things I want to see what happens is somebody going after that black pearl, the giant oyster. 
because they said you have to chop your arm off. Yeah, you have a you have a chance you have a certain percentage chance of being trapped in the oyster, and they say a combined strength of such as to open or a knock spell, or a knock spell. I want to see the wizard whip a knock spell on that damn thing. Knock spell. Wow, now. You know. Ding dong, uh, Avon Collins. Yes. Candy Graham. Yeah, but I get I give it like I give it four and a half. I'd write up Macho Man and throw him in there as a fighter and see what happens. Just off the top You're of really my head. You're really on that Macho Man kick, half. aren't you, this week? Eh, you know, I gotta be on some kind of kick every week. Alright. Crispy. I'm giving this a four and a half as well. Really? This yeah, this is an adventure like I, I love the setting. I would run it like Indiana Jones. Yeah. 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 I would just run this like an like an adventure serial and have them keep coming back to it. I'd throw in the I'd throw in the giant ants from the fourth movie too. That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm definitely going to go with uh, a four on this as well. I enjoyed reading it. All right. I like the King Kong feel, and I do like the Indiana Jones idea that Crispy's just said now. So yeah, you could have like uh, you could have like <clears throat> maybe the pirates steal like a the, one of the village's artifacts or one of their totems or something like that. <gasps> And then you have to get them back to save all the children. Oh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> one of the plot hooks in the back was called "Bring Them Back Alive." So that's true. Then you're Carl Denham. <laughs> yeah. So overall, we got what a four and two five, four point two five. I've got. I I've got to a, bring the average down. Twenty point five. That's okay. That's okay. This is probably was this one of the highest rated ones we've done? Or? No, not at all. Really? We rated four. things higher than that. Then I should give it five. Glenn. No. <laughs> Too late, four and a half. That's okay. I don't mind. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's going to, you know. This is a cool module. I can hardly wait to. Uh... Yes. We're going to end things this week. Walking down the little lonely highway of broken tears, Glenn. Yes. So what are we doing? I'm running from the giant I'm... boulder. I'm just oh. I'm just walking down, but I'm watching Julie sprint down because she's being followed by an ankylosaur that's high on Hiloko weed. <laughs> uh, I don't have to outrun the ankylosaur. I just have to outrun that Glenn. Be, yes. Just gotta have to outrun the slowest person in the party. Yes. <laughs> uh, so save or die. Uh, something. Something. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Rearc. If you have any comments, please email saveordiepodcast at gmail.com or visit saveordie at saveordie.info. Follow the cast on Facebook slash saveordiepodcast or follow them on Twitter at TheEvilDM.